absolute pleasure to welcome to the show, and I say this literally every week, one of my favorite people in the world, but I guess my heart is just full with a lot of love because today's guest is truly one of my favorite people in the world. Definitely one of my favorite people uh, to follow on the on the internet and to be friends with on the internet. Of course, talking about Alicia and Talowitz. Alicia, we've known each other forever. We have a little bit of a history uh, dating back to the uh, the old high school days. And then, of course, like most things, you know, you lose touch, you don't see each other, yada, yada. And then I think once I started doing this podcast late 2020, I think you would come across one of my episodes. You DM me, said, hey, Troy, great stuff. Keep it up. And I, you know, I always respond to anyone who comments to me about the show or anything. And we just started having a, a rapport back and forth. I would DM you on something that, that you said or did, and you would DM me on something I said I did. So we've, we have a very positive Instagram friendship here, which I love because I'm all about good vibes and spreading good energy, especially when two people are putting stuff out there or putting themselves out there uh, to the public whether it's my writing or my podcast or these dumb Instagram videos I do, whether it's you um, putting out content on Instagram as well, which we're going to talk uh, about that as well. So we've got a bunch to cover today. I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you again for joining me and for being such a good pal. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure you want me? <laughs> <laughs> so so this podcast isn't about uh, Shenandoah High School or Clifton Park, New York, where we're from, because I like to think that when I first started doing this podcast, and you're kind of an OG fan of the podcast, I'm excited to have you on. When I first started, the way that I kind of started just to get reps and just to get my feet wet was, let me just talk to people I know that I grew up with, I'm really close with, because it's the pandemic, I haven't seen a bunch of people, this is a great time to catch up with people. And so it started pretty much very inner circle centric to my life and and what I always knew. So those are the old days of the podcast. And I don't want to focus on that stuff. What I do want to focus on though, and I think we can have a more general conversation about it is you were bullied a lot in high school. If you know, and I'm certain that a lot, it was probably a lot of my friends that were doing it. People (laughs) picked on you for all sorts of reasons. And you, it was always unfair. You're a very nice girl, always have been. And I mean, I think about what people thought about you then. I, I remember some of those conversations. And mm-hmm. gosh, how, how old are we? This is like seven, eight years later. Yeah. None of it matters. Like, <laughs> I think you are such an incredible, genuine person, someone that I am happy to know and be friends with and exactly the kind of person that I want to surround myself with. And so you got bullied back in high school. None of that matters now. But as you look back on it now, seven, mm-hmm. eight years removed, how do you remember that time in your life? So I think when I was going through high school, it hit me hard. Like, I don't know what I like the names I was called. I was like, I just, I feel like the guys in high school just always drilled it. Even girls drilled into my head that I was ugly. And I don't know at what point I started feeling that way about myself, but I definitely did. And I think it caused me to, I just like didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And I look back on that now, like I just look through my old Facebook photos. I'm like, I I was not ugly. Like, like, I I wasn't that ugly. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was so cruel. (laughs) And I was never confrontational in high school. Like I was not somebody to like bark back. So I kind of just took it 
But into my 20s, because I was in a long-term relationship from high school into my early 20s, I was 20, um, in a really unhealthy, toxic relationship. And I, I really felt in that relationship like I couldn't do better than him. And I think about it now and I'm like, I think I felt that way because of how I was talked about and talked to in high school. Like, why would I think that I'm pretty and can do great and date all of these like amazing men when it was always drilled into my head with the people that I was surrounded by that I'm like ugly and I look like a donkey, like all these like awful, disgusting things. And I mean, I don't feel that way about myself now. And I, I just want to like hug 16 year old me and be like, this is, this does not matter, but of course, like words matter. And I took those words and the way I felt about myself well into my twenties. And it wasn't until I left that relationship and I was getting attention from like normal men, like good guys who had a head on their shoulder, who were handsome. I'm like, me? Like you like me? Are you sure? And then I'm like, wow, like I, I just have held on to this way about myself for so long. And that is not, it's not true about me. So it's crazy how life or death, everything was <laughs> at that point. We thought that so every, dramatic. every person that we hung out with, everything we said, every tweet we posted was going to define us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Literally none of it matters. I was listening no. to a podcast earlier today and the guy was saying that Gary V was who I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary V, but he's one of my favorite online social media personalities. Someone asked Gary, okay. hey, how do you get the confidence to be just so outwardly you when you post on Instagram and TikTok? And he's like, because I'm not in fucking high school anymore, yeah. because I, I recognize that none of those people matter, that if you just are confident in who you are and lean into who you are, people will respect you for that. And, you know, you need to stop caring about what that 15 year old kid that was sitting next to you in homeroom or that kid next to you at lunch, what they're going to say. And you know, what's crazy is that I still do think about that. I don't know <laughs> why. And I'm sure you can, you can probably relate yeah. to it as well when you put something out there. I'm like, I see all the people who view my Instagram story. A lot of these kids are from where I grew up. I still care with this no one that I haven't talked to in six years. I still care what they think. Why do we do that? I know. I, I, yes. Like <laughs> I, like, the, yes, I think, well, I think it was like a big transition for me to moving back home, um, which we can talk about, but um, I was so terrified because I started blogging and all of my Instagram work when I was living in a different state in a big city where I knew nobody. And then we found out that we were moving home and it was kind of like, I had this terror in me and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I cannot go home. I'm going to run into like that boy in the grocery store or that girl. And they're going to like talk about me. And I'm like, why did I? And then I just had to like check myself. I'm like, you don't care when you're in Chicago. Why do you care when you're home? Like, you don't need to care when you're home. And also, like, I, you just do, you take that, you just take it with you. Like, you don't need to care. Like, it's the biggest lesson that I've learned is nobody gives an F. Yeah. Like, nobody does. <laughs> like, I, like, I, and it's the same with you too. Like, I'll look at my Instagram stories and it's like, I know, I also look at my sins because I have like a business profile. I, I think you probably do too, but I can see how many people send my Instagram story. And then I'll go and see who looked at my Instagram story. And it's always all these random people from high school. And I'm just like, I just can't give this my time of day. Yeah. 
Like it's, it's not, not serving me. It doesn't serve you. It's not worth it. And hopefully you are confident in yourself enough to the point. And I think you are where <laughs> they don't, those opinions don't matter. And the, and the best thing about it is you are doing better than so many of those kids from high school that thought they were hot shit, that thought that yeah. they were going to be, uh, you know, making a million dollars by age 25 and yada, yada. Like that's right. the best part is shoving it back in their faces. So I'm proud of you. And it's that. like, and it's like, even if I'm not doing better and even if I was, I had 50 followers and I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, then like, that's fine too. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to stop living in fear of what everybody else is ta- like saying about you. It's absolutely. Once you throw that out, your life just becomes completely changes. Once you stop <laughs> oh caring God. what other people think and you just decide to be unapologetically yeah. you, that's the yeah. unlock. And it's, it's an amazing feeling once you get there, right. still working on it. I, you know, me too. I, t- I tell myself that every day, <laughs> but the, it's still, I think it's a natural human instinct that we have to really care what other people think. So still yeah. working on it, but we'll eventually For get sure. there one day. You mentioned <laughs> a couple of things um, already that I want to talk about. Let's go back if you don't mind and tell mm-hmm. me if you're uncomfortable. Uh, this toxic relationship that you were in when you ended it around age 20, it's mm-hmm. probably something that you realized at some point during the relationship, this is bad. This is unhealthy. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be here. And you probably hung on too long, longer than you should have. Why did you do that? Um, it's really hard to explain unless you're in a situation like this. I think the reason why I held on so long was because I met this boy when I was 15. We started dating when I was 16 and he just was such a big part of my life. I'm talking like both proms, start of college for him, start of college for me. And we just, like we had so many, well, what seemed like so many like life milestones together. And for me, I just, I'm such a fixer. Like I'm, I'm a person who wants to just fix everybody. It's something I'm working on, but I just truly believe that he would change that, you know, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Like I kept telling myself, it's fine. Like it will get better. Like it used to be great. It's going to be great again. And you've been together for almost five years, you know, like, like this is who you're going to be with. And you convince yourself, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, that this is it. And it, your mind when you're in a relationship for that long, like it just becomes so clouded, you know? And I just, I definitely stayed in it for longer than I should have. And I knew it was over long before I ended up leaving. But I will tell you that when I left, I legit never looked back. And it was the best thing I could have done for myself. And a lot of people will like dwindle and go back. I was like, see ya, I'm leaving. Dad, go get my stuff from the apartment, block, send it, and we're living our best life. I had to. So what, what was the moment? What was there a moment that you're like, all right, now I have to get out of this? Um, yeah, there, there was a moment. I, I don't know if I'm fully comfortable talking about it, but, um, let's just say it, it, I saved my life and I'm out of it now. Well, I'm uh, I'm very happy that you are in a much better place. You're in a much healthier relationship now. You are engaged. I think you probably should have been married by this point, but the pandemic oh, threw threw uh, <laughs> threw your plans, uh, like so yeah. many of our plans, just stomped all over them. Uh, so you take a relationship like that, like an mm-hmm. unhealthy, toxic one. 
How did that relationship, that experience set you up for this much better relationship that you have now? Or how did it prepare you? So I think that going through that toxic relationship and although it was awful and super detrimental and life sucking in the moment, it was a really good thing for me because when I got out of it, I took, it was like a year and a half between the time that I left him and the time that I met my fiance. And I took that year and a half and I literally just ran with it. I was like, I'm going to go out, meet new people, like talk to a bunch of guys, like see what I like. I went on a road trip. I just like lived my best life. And I I was doing a little soul searching because I think that when you're in a relationship for so long and in that relationship just takes so much out of you, you don't have time to like give to yourself. Like I invested 0% in myself. Like I dropped out of college. I worked out of daycare. Like I just didn't care. My focus was so much on fixing him and, and pouring into him. And then when I had that freedom and I could just do whatever I want, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you have to like ask yourself. I like asked myself, I was like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to go on a road trip and I want to go hang out with my friends who I stopped talking to years ago. And I want to rekindle relationships and meet people and go on people's boats and just like live my best life. And I did that. And it was honestly the best year and a half of my life. And I remember, which is very bizarre, um, this, the week that I met Nick, I remember turning to one of my best friends, Courtney, and just saying, I think I feel healed enough to, to be in a relationship. Like, I, I feel ready before, you know, I kind of like dated and did the thing, but I was never ready to commit because I didn't feel like like me personally, I was not there yet. I still wanted to like live my life and invest in myself and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, and then I met Nick literally two days later, it was the most bizarre thing. Um, but I, I will say that most people who are in a situation like I was probably have a lot of like trust issues and just like, just a lot of things that they will bring into a future relationship. I worked really hard to make sure that I was in the headspace in between those relationships to make sure I didn't do that because I did not want to be, you know, self-sabotaging in a future relationship. And I also was always hopeful of love. Like I never got out of that relationship and thought like, I'm never going to love again. Like this like ruined everything for me. I was always very hopeful of love, but I was very conscious about making sure I was ready. And even like my fiance now will be like, you would never know that you went through what you went through. Like I would, you, you're just normal, but it's all about mental health. Oh yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) What, what, what do you do to preserve your mental health? Well, (laughs) honestly, I, and I, I, we had had this conversation, but I don't try to push myself when I'm having a bad day. If I'm having a bad day, like my grandma always used to say, just feel your feelings. Like if I need to just eat a bowl of ice cream and read a book and sit in bed and have a good cry, then that's what I'm going to do. And then I know that like, hey, this is your now. Let yourself feel it. Tomorrow is a new day. And like, that's what I undo. I'm also in therapy. So that helps. And not that I feel like I'm like, have this big cloud over my head. I don't feel like, unhappy in my life, but I I think therapy can be really like proactive. Mm -hmm. Like, so even if you don't feel like you need therapy, I think therapy is a good thing because you never know. 
you know? And like, even when I'm being dramatic, like my therapist, she's very honest with me. She's like, you're being dramatic. I'm like, okay. Like, it's just good to, to just be proactive. Um, especially if you are somebody who has struggled with mental health in the past. And I obviously I have. That's amazing. I think you are the third guest in a row who has told me that they're currently seeing a therapist. <laughs> and I, I also, um, have been dabbling in therapy over the last two months, uh, via this, I was doing this, this online therapy. And now everyone has told me it's really about the therapist. You need to find the right one. Yeah. You might, you might have to date around with your therapist until you find the right one. And so I don't think, uh, the one that I've been using is the right one. So I'll probably look for, look for someone else, but I, I yeah. do like it. I think there is great power in, even if you're not going through something specific, yeah. a specific issue, I think there is great power in just talking to someone who's not going to judge you, who's not going to tell anyone who is legally obligated to not tell anyone exactly. uh, what you are telling them. I think there's great power in that. And so kudos to you for, for sharing that and for doing it. Yeah, I try. <laughs> so you guys, so just, just let me get the facts straight. So mm-hmm. you were in Chicago. Did you meet Nick, who is your fiance? Did you meet Nick in Chicago? Mm-mm. Okay. So I met um, Nick in Saratoga one night. Um, he was here. But um, he works for the Nielsen company, and he like was the about radio to and the yeah. ratings. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my industry. Let's go. Shout yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. So he um, is a now he's a senior financial analyst for them. But he at the time was just got out of an internship with them. Just accepted a position um, doing like six month rotations. So he, he could be in Europe one set of months in Chicago and New York, that kind of thing. So when we, when we first met, he was like, I'm not interested in a relationship because I'm leaving. Like, I like you, right. I'm into you, but like, I can't commit to you because I'm about to be like on the best two years of my life. Um, so yeah, so we met in Saratoga and then uh, he moved to New York City. That was his first six months, which I was super lucky. So I was literally there like Thursday through Monday. And um, then he moved to Chicago for six months. And then after being in Chicago for six months, he realized he actually like wanted to stay there. And um, he asked his manager, they said, yeah, we'll do another rotation for you in Chicago. And then he asked me to move there. So I moved to Chicago like a year into our relationship. Like okay. And how yeah. long were you there for? Because I know you love it. You speak so glowingly of it. And you might want to <laughs> go back soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was there from July 2019 to September 2020. So not that long. Okay. Gotcha. I visited a lot, like, in the six months that he was there and I wasn't. Um, but COVID kind of took my hopes and dreams away. <laughs> so now you're chilling uh, in the 518. So how do you feel about being in your hometown because I whenever I go home and my parents I hope they're not listening I, <laughs> I feel very conflicted whenever I go home I feel like if I'm there for more than three days I get claustrophobic I feel yeah. like I, I shouldn't be here this was a great place to grow up very thankful for it uh I was not bullied in high school so I'm very grateful for that and yeah. uh I loved it but I'm past it. It's in my past. I'm on to bigger and better things. I've been different places and I want to continue putting myself in new situations and new experiences and meeting new people. I don't want to be seeing uh, those kids that I sat next to in seventh grade homeroom at market 32. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I, when we first moved back, I was, I I didn't want to leave Chicago, but I, I knew at that point in time, it was the right decision for us just because there was so much going on with COVID a lot. It wasn't the same Chicago. It was when I moved there. Um, so when we first moved home, it was great. It was so good to be back with like family and friends, especially being in one of the biggest cities, um, during the brink of COVID and then just everything going on after that, that whole year was so crazy. Um, and I loved it and it was great. And it just felt really good to be home, especially like during the holidays. Cause we moved home in September. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I love the 518. I have such an appreciation for it since mm -hmm. I moved. Yep. Like I never thought I would, I actually never thought I would leave Clifton Park. I, I just didn't. I was one of those people. My brain didn't go much out of the area. And then when I did move, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's way more out here and I need to reconsider staying the rest of my life in Clifton Park. <laughs> and so when I moved back home, like just things like tasted sweeter, like apple cider donut, apple picking, like the holidays just smelled better. Like everything was great, but... And then you just hit, like, after the holidays, it's kind of just like, okay, I love home. I appreciate it. It's a beautiful state. But this is, I just fully feel like this is not where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And it's nothing against my family. And some people are like, oh, like, you're going to leave your family. And I love them. I love my family. And I just know that this is not where I feel my happiest because I felt happier other places. And I don't know if it's necessarily either just like the people, but the fact that like I've lived such a different life and that life just brought me so much joy. And then coming back here, I'm just like, eh, it's okay. I'm like going to get in my car, yeah, and go to Market 32 or I don't know, go to the Shen football game on a Friday night. Yeah, it's just like, okay, it's good. But I'd rather be like, I don't know, on the beachfront in Chicago or at a new bar in New York City, like that kind of thing. You also go go to school. You are wrapping up your bachelor's degree, which you left on the table when you dropped out of college. You're now back mm -hmm. at Southern New Hampshire University. Shout out to the great state of New Hampshire. Live free or die. <laughs> uh, so you're getting your degree and you're also planning a wedding and you're yes. also putting out a lot of content on Instagram. Now, I'm very fascinated by this. This is adjacent to the the space that, that I work in. I'm very mm -hmm. interested in and content, whether it's podcasts, YouTube, social media is where I spend a lot of time for my own work and then for my own, you know, writing and whatnot. Like, I love it. I, I very much enjoy finding good people who are putting out good stuff that are trying to make the world a better place. You Me are too. one of those people. How did you first get into this business? So I don't think I like intentionally meant to get into the business. Um, like I said, um, like when I moved to Chicago, I just felt super inspired. But also I moved to Chicago because of Nick's job. And I I needed something for me. You know what I mean? Like I had been in a relationship before where, you know, I poured my all into it and nothing into me. And I really wanted, like I wanted to be good at something. Like I've never been the type of person who has had like the biggest dreams or knew what they wanted to do. Like my fiance, he knew what he wanted to do a year after being at Hudson Valley. Like I know so many people, they're like, I wanted to be a nurse. They're a nurse. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be right. this. I love to be sociable. <laughs> so 
I also don't have like a talent. So I was kind of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like really struggled with like, you know, like when I, I re-enrolled that S or I enrolled at SNHU and I'm like, you know what? I like marketing and I, I sat on finishing my degree for a while, but I'm like, I need something else. So obviously like I followed a lot of influencers And I just was fascinated by the fact that people loved that they literally would just like get on Instagram stories in their pajamas and just like chat about their day. I'm like, I love that. Like I'm invested in that. I think it's hilarious. It's great. It's also, I think what people want our age, like in Gen Z, like they love realism. Like this is, this is the world we're about to be living in that we are living in now. But I think it just kind of, Like I just posted a picture on Instagram one day when I was in Chicago and I just did like a little recap of my day and it got such good, like such good amount of likes and it got a lot of attention more than like my other Instagram posts would do. And then I said to Nick, I'm like, I'm going to like try to make a TikTok. And I really just remember like feeling like I wanted to put myself out there and just create a space of like for me, pretty much. And something that I could do. I'm like, I can talk to people. I'm outgoing. I'm sociable. Like I could do this and I want to do this. So I'm going to try it. And I really just like posted that one picture. And then I just started to become consistent with it. And then I got an email for my first collab and things kind of just like spiraled into this thing. (laughs) That first email that you got, because I mean, I mean, you've seen them everywhere where someone you post a picture on Instagram and someone comments in like DM me for collab and none of it is, is ever legit. So you actually got a legit one. What was that like when it first came through? So I remember, um, so I remember once I started doing this, I, I talked to a few people, um, a few bloggers in Chicago and just a few friends that were kind of like taking that path. And I'm like, what do you think I should do next? Like, cause I post pictures and I love that. And I talk about what I do like on my Instagram stories and on like my captions, but like, what is my next step? And this girl, she was like, put your email in your bio. Mm. I'm like, why would I do that? And she's like, because that's how companies will reach out to you. Put your email in your bio. So I'm like, all right, nobody's going to reach out to me. I have like 800 followers, but I'll do it. So I did it. And then I got a DM, um, from like a verified account i'm like oh is this real and then they they were like hey alicia like we love your content we think you're really authentic whatever whatever we would love to send you a pair of sunglasses and if you could post them and tag us and whatever that'd be great and so that was before i like knew the ropes right and i was like yeah that's awesome and i was like so excited i'm like nick i'm like i was telling him like this company wants to send me free sunglasses like i was literally thrilled and then i feel like just over like the course of the next couple months, I I was getting emails from like actual legit companies. Now you will get those emails from the scam artists and the randos. And I now know how to like decipher um, who's real and who's not. But it was surreal. Like I some I still get emails and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> me. I'm like, really? I guess. That's and they're amazing. always like, and they, they'll watch my Instagram story from like a weird account. And they'll be like, yeah, we've been watching your Instagram stories. I'm like, oh, so that's who you were. <laughs> so so th- this is something that I struggle with sometimes is whenever you're making content, let's say, mm-hmm. how do you delineate between posting and actually <laughs> living your life? And this is what I mean. I never want to get to 
a place where I am doing something in my real life just so I can write about it or just so I can do a podcast about it or talk about it on the podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever gone out and done something just so you can post about it or talk about it on your Instagram stories, you know? Yeah. um, No. And I think for me, I started talking about things in my day-to-day life. So it wasn't like I had to go out and do something. I'm just like, hey, like these are my wine glasses. Like I'm obsessed with them. Like here's a link kind of thing. Or, you know, like this is how my day went. I'm a hot mess today. Um, But I I have never like gone out and been like, oh, I need to go to this place just so I can post about it or get this cool content. I am very, I try to keep my content within like my real life. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not a fashion blogger. I'm not a travel blogger. I'm just like literally me. Like there's no, I don't have a niche. <laughs> like, so I'm just like, and I that's know. funny because that's always the advice. The advice on yeah. TikTok that you niche always see down, is f- right. find your niche. That's yeah. the key. And it's just not like I, as soon as I, I start doing that, it's probably a good time for me to reevaluate my life. But yeah, um, yeah no, my content is always within my own realm. So why is that? Because it's it sounds dumb, right? You just hop on Instagram stories and you do eight posts worth of you just talking. <laughs> Why does that work? Because it sounds crazy. Know. It sounds like a terrible strategy, but it, it can work, right? Yeah. Um, I have no idea why it works. <laughs> but my theory is, is that people like to see real people and hear normal stories. You know, like it's cool to watch like Kim Kardashian West story all day, but like, well, that is not relatable. But for me, I'm like, I just spill my coffee all over my place. Like I'm my pimple patch is coming off. Like this is this is my reality. And people are like, I had the same type of day. And I think honestly, it works just because it's relatable. Like people can have conversation about that kind of thing with me. And um, like brands love that. Like, and that's always something like when a brand reaches out to me, they'll always be like, you're just very authentically yourself. Like, you're just like very you. And um, so it works for me. My favorites are when, I, I mean, I guess maybe this isn't good for you being oh, authentically God. you in the sense that because you're, you're always a hot mess on the Instagram yeah, stories. I feel like your, your life is always in chaos. I know. I'm just like, this is my reality. Now, how did you get the courage? Because so many people do feel the need to not be themselves on Instagram, that it's a highlight reel to post the version of themselves that is really only existing about 2% of the time, right? Yeah. But that's the life that they try to portray. What I like about you is that you'll go on your Instagram stories, no makeup, (laughs) like you just woke up and you just spilled on yourself. How did you get the courage to do that? Oh my God. Oh, no, I think that because I think it was because I loved creating content and getting on Instagram stories and talking about my day so much. But I'm like, I am not putting makeup on for these people all day because that's not my <laughs> reality. And as far as the confidence to do it, um, it took me a long time because, again, like you think back to, oh, God, like all these people from high school or like, I don't know, all of Nick's coworkers follow me on Instagram. Right. My mom's coworkers follow me on Instagram. I'm like, oh God, they're going to say say stuff about me. But then I'm like, are you all looking like this every day? No. 
you probably look like me every day with my hair in a bun and my pimples out. <laughs> and like, that's just a reality. And I think that's why I, I have such good feedback. What kind of feedback do you get? Like, I just always, like, people are always in my DMs and they're just like, you're hilarious. Like, this is everything I needed today. Like, I'm feeling the same way. It's just always people messaging me, just relating to me. And That's I'm like, awesome. all right. It makes me feel like, you know what I mean? It's worth it. If nobody ever said anything, then I probably would put makeup on every day. <laughs> but it's just not my reality. And I'm trying to, like, depict a real version of myself. Yeah. You know? Like, I cry a lot. I don't always have makeup and my hair done. It's just, it is what it is. So it's easy for men. Right. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a, uh, you know, like a content schedule of some sort? I'm doing this at this time on Instagram. I'm doing this at this time on TikTok. I'm doing this three times per day. How do you organize it? So, um, I don't have a specific content schedule at the moment. Um, I kind of took a little bit of a break the past few months and I just kind of get like, I'm just getting in the swing of things now. Um, but I always, every single day will try to get on my Instagram story, but I don't really like follow a pattern. It's kind of like, again, it needs to serve me. So if I'm feeling stressed out and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to get content done. I I have this collab I need to do. Like, and I'm feeling overwhelmed. I will shut down. And so it's, it's. It needs to be on my own time. Okay. So Tuesdays I normally have off and that's when I will do all of my content. And then I'll just kind of put it out whenever I feel like it. Um, I have good engagement days, Sundays and Mondays. And Thursdays are really great days for me to post content. So that's kind of like like normally when I will post if I post at all. Um, And as far as TikTok, I'm just starting to dip my toe into it like a little bit. Like I post funny TikToks of like my cat or something. Um... But I'm trying to take it more seriously because I feel like TikTok is a really big opportunity and I it do is. not want to yeah. miss out on it. Yeah. And um, I feel like, one, I have a lot to say. And two, I have had a lot of experiences and I, I'm going through a lot of experiences now. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to, like, up my game on TikTok for sure and on Instagram. But um, not really a schedule. But I will have one eventually. It's my goal. It's one of my goals for this year. So, yeah, so that was going to be my next question. What exactly is the goal? Where where do you want to go with all of this? <laughs> so, I don't know. I I mean, ideally, in a perfect world, I would love to for my Instagram to take off and for me to be able to make money doing it so I could be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home wife, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, if not, that's okay. Again, this is... Like I, I started doing this, so it's an outlet for me. And I really wanted just like a creative space for myself. And as soon as it stops serving me, I will stop. But but my goal is to just let it flourish. I hope it will. So you're not putting all your chips in this basket. This isn't like your I have to succeed at this and I will not stop until I do. No. And and it's just like, I think that after I graduate, I will take a year because um, I work full time with uh, taking care of my grandma. 
but I will take a year after I graduate and pour myself into my Instagram and just create all the content that I want. Cause right now my time is so limited with the wedding, with school, with work. It's just, I only have so much time, but I always say to Nick, like when I have more time and I can pour into it, I, I want to just see where it goes mm-hmm. before I decide like, okay, this isn't what I really want to do for a career wise. I know it sounds so bizarre, but that that's the dream. But when you tell your parents or your parents, friends or your friends or new people that that you meet and you say, oh, yeah, you know, I do X, Y and Z. And I also have this Instagram account where brands pay me to to do stuff and I take pictures and I talk about my day on Instagram. What, what's the reaction that you get? <laughs> well, my parents are like super proud. And nice. like I I think for a while, again, like they saw me in like a not so great spot. Um And I don't know, they love it. Like I just got a really, really, really big collaboration with a huge company last week. I literally called my dad crying. I was like, dad, I'm like, you're not going to believe who just emailed me. He was like, oh my gosh. Like, he's like, you're going to be one of the girls who's just making her money off of Instagram. I'm like, I know. And you know, my mom like thinks it's like the greatest thing ever. My mom is one of my biggest supporters. She's always, always, always like in my Instagram DMs. And the same with their friends. Like they all follow me. They think it's great. They, my parents are pretty young. So they have like a grasp on like what this could be. You know what I mean? Not everybody might take that the right way, but they also understand that like, if I don't make it, there are other paths that I can take. You know what I mean? I'm glad that your parents understand have a grasp for what you're doing. Cause every time Mm. I send my parents, Hey, listen to this podcast. I just did. They're like, I don't know how to listen. Mom, just (laughs) click the link. I have made it as easy as possible for you. Just click the link. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, they, my dad is really tech savvy. Um, really tech savvy and my mom is, eh, but she gets it. She's on the Instagram game for sure. Uh, I do want to transition away from stuff, which, by the way, I, I love talking about it, and I can't wait to talk to you uh, about it more uh, in the future. What would you consider right now to be your biggest flaw, and how are you trying to correct it? Oh my gosh, time management. Yeah, it's it's. I am. I'm. Te- I'm terrible. I get so exhausted so easily. And I have a really, like, I, I'm a yes person. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. Like, it's truly my biggest flaw is I am awful at time management. So that is, again, one of my goals um, for this year. I've just been writing like a really big to-do list at the beginning of the week and kind of like bringing it down into my days, um, like when I can get stuff done, but I'm awful at it. Like, yeah. I am a procrastinator my homework is all day Sunday and I hate it every Sunday. I'm like, why do I do this? Yeah. My biggest flaw is I, I'm, I can't, I will sit on my butt all day if I feel overwhelmed. My time management technique that I would give to you is to tackle your hardest challenge for the day first, just because that is when your, your brain is freshest. That's especially the the earlier in the day that you can do that, the better, for example, like, take my morning workout. I like to do my workouts in the morning because I know I'm just going to be hit with an avalanche of stuff later, like things with my job, things just rapidly change throughout the day. And 
it's like, oh, now I'm not going to have enough time for that workout at right. by the time 3 p.m. rolls around because X, Y, and Z has happened. The same thing with whatever your hardest task for the day is. I would I would recommend just do it first, get it out of the way, and if you accomplish absolutely nothing for the rest of the day, at least you did that big hard task, that most important thing. That is great advice. We'll be taking that into my weekend of homework. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so before we wrap up here, I think uh, you said you wanted to ask me a question or two uh, about yeah. something. So I would, just because I, I value uh, your voice, what you have to say, your opinion, OG fan of the show. So uh, <laughs> you can kind of speak on behalf of the the OG fans, which shout out, by the way. Yeah. Um, no. So I know that you focus this podcast about people in their 20s, like, what are your goals for this podcast? Like, do you plan on on doing it until you're in your 30s? Will the scope then change? Like, yeah. are we going to, like, start focusing on, like, the 30s in a few years? Because <laughs> it's coming up. It's yeah. coming up. Uh, that, that's a good question. I will uh, <laughs> exclusively uh, break it to the podcast audience here that uh, I'm going to do away with the Troy Farkas show soon, meaning I'm just going to change the name of it to something else <laughs> because I feel like when I first started the show, it was a very haphazard decision. I was like, I could go, I'm a detail-oriented person and I can just totally lose myself in the details. I was like, I, I just want to start a podcast. I don't want to think about what it should be, what the niche is, yada, yada. I mm -hmm. just want to do it and figure it out on the fly. So I named it the Troy Farkas show. It is not some egotistical move. I'm just so all <laughs> into myself. It was just like, I just didn't know what to call it. So I called it the Troy Farkas show, but then my friend drew up this dope logo for me. I was like, oh, I really like that. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. And so it, it just stuck, but the Troy Farkas show doesn't actually encapsulate anything uh, with what I hope the show to be about. So I'm going to change the name soon. If you or any of you have recommendations for what do you think it should be along that theme of, Hey, getting through your 20s, your things yeah. you care about, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my DMs are open at Troy underscore okay. Farkas. So I want to <laughs> definitely keep doing the podcast. It, okay. will, it will change names. If it continues in my 30s, that's an interesting question. That's something I haven't thought about. And so I want to keep writing. I, I consider myself a writer first. And I just launched a, a Substack page as well. I love writing. And so when it comes, and I want to keep writing, I've been writing for years. And when it comes to what I actually want to put out to the world, what I'm motivated to, it is just how to get the most out of yourself and get the most out of life. I don't want to yeah. write fiction. I don't want to write creative writing. I, I love history, but I don't want to write about history. Like I just, this is what I'm passionate about writing about is how to be the best you. And I like writing about things that are actively going on in my life and your life and people in their 20s. So as long as I will be writing and putting out things for people to read, it will be about that. It will be about getting better yeah. within the context of your life at that moment. So right now, that is your 20s. And if I'm still writing and doing podcasts <laughs> at age 30, which I, I hope to, I see no reason why, why I won't then yeah, that will then be what the, the subject matter changes to. Yeah. Well, good for you. I know you'll still be doing this in your thirties. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't I, see you giving it up anytime soon. I hope so. I mean, I go, I go in and out of periods of, we all do. Yeah. I go in and out of periods of, I want to go so hard on this. I want to do yeah. really well on this. I want to get better at it. I want to, I want to grow. I want people outside of my, 
circle of people to listen to this or to read this. The best thing about working at ESPN was the scale, the reach that that I had. So like the podcast that I produced there, which I would talk on, you know, was listened to by 70 to 100,000 people weekly. So I would have people messaging me all the time. I've never met them. I have no idea who these people are. And they're telling yeah. me on IG, on in podcast reviews, on LinkedIn, hey, big fan of everything you're doing, keep it up. Meanwhile, I don't, I don't know any of these people, but they were telling right. me how much I was impacting their life and the work that I was doing. And so I want to do that with my personal stuff. I love doing it with my like my actual work when I get paid to do, but I want to do that with my personal stuff. And so I, I really don't see myself stopping until I feel like I'm starting to impact people that I don't yet know. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to put it. I definitely feel the same way. Yeah. But I also like, it's okay to just take some time if you need some yeah. time. Like yeah. that's like, like there's, we have so much time. We have so much time and no time because you're not guaranteed <laughs> tomorrow, but like we're so young. And if you need just like a couple weeks or like a month or two to take a break, then take a break. Yeah, Again. so much time says the girl with time management problems. <laughs> <laughs> right. Me. I have all the time in the world. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I don't know. If it, Again, if I remember you saying, like, I think it was you, but you just didn't know you were like stuck. Like, you don't you didn't know what to put out next. Like, that's how I have felt too, like with yeah. content. It's like, I'm not going to push myself to put something out that I don't feel is for me or for my audience, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not worth it. I th think the most important thing when it comes to putting yourself out there in this way is you always have to think about what is the best way to deliver value to the people yeah. that are consuming you. And I, I think when you feel like you're no longer doing that, then you should stop. I mean, I yeah. feel like a lot of this conversation that we just had can, uh, you know, can be consumed and learned from by people who are in toxic relationships, yeah. from people who are wanting to be uh, in the online content creation business or just trying to figure out uh, how to move out or why they should move away from their hometown. So yeah, when I feel that uh, no longer having conversations that support that vision, then I'll stop. But I don't, <laughs> I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Well, I don't think you should. <laughs> Alicia, thank you so much for, for coming on today onto the uh, the Troy Farkas show. One of the last uh, episodes of the Troy Farkas show. There you go. Exclusive breaking news. Sound the bells. Thank you so much for joining. I will put all of your info in the show notes of today's podcast so people know where to find you, so that brands know where to find you, yada, yada, <laughs> all that good stuff. We'll try to get you another uh, dozen bottles of wine. Alicia, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Thanks and, for having uh, me, Troy. Have a great week. You too. <laughs>